Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does its better. And welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Sixth Sense versus the Others. Yes, on Monday's episode, we saw dead people aplenty in M. Night Shyamalan's The Sixth Sense, which means on this episode, let's twist again like we did on Monday because we're heading to everyone's favourite tax haven, the island Jersey, where it's 1945 and Nicole Kidman is holed up in a Victorian mansion with her two kids and three obviously hiding something servants. But what is going on? And does this film win the award for the number of times doors are locked and unlocked? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. the Kraken. Hello, Clash Potters. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. And I'm Chris Tilly. How are you both? Chris, are you well? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, again, as I said, happy to speak to you guys. It's always, it's the highlight of my week at the moment, which it wasn't when we were meeting in a studio. <laughs> Like I feel the same. I get really excited to speak to you, and like I was going to quit just before lockdown. <laughs> is that is that true? No, no, it's not true. Uh, so, Victoria, you pick these movies: uh, The Sixth Sense yeah. versus the others. Very quickly, remind us of the connection. The connection is: you're dead, and you don't know you are. You're dead, and you don't know you are. I think oh, you could s- you should good. sing it to the tune. Well, what the thing is, I've been singing it in my head all week, but what is the tune? Because I. D- Oh yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, okay. I will sing it to the tune in private. <laughs> I mean, I can wait. I really have nothing else on. So if you, if Chris is happy to wait, we could really sort of tease this moment out, build the tension. Are you going to sing it? No, I'm not going to sing it. Don't sing. Okay. Right. And um, I took us through the sixth sense on Monday, which means, Chris, you are our guide through the others. Take it away. 
Now, children, are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. The place is Jersey and the year is 1945, just after the end of the war. Grace's husband and servants have disappeared and she lives in a huge dark house with her two children who are allergic to light. One day, three new servants appear on her doorstep and things start to go bump into the night as Grace becomes convinced that her home is haunted. But who are you trying to kid, man? As turns out... (laughs) As turns out, Grace has killed her children and herself, meaning they are the ghosts, making the others not a film about the dead haunting the living, but rather about the living haunting the dead. Um, I'll use this opportunity to just jump in and say there will be spoilers for the others in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you trying to kid, man? <laughs> Love that. Love that. Oh, oh. Uh, little, little reprieve of the gag there. Did it again for no reason. <laughs> well, it didn't get the proper laugh the first time. So, <laughs> because it stars Nicole Kidman, it stars Nicole. Kidman. Yeah, no, we got it. It's very good, Chris. <laughs> the doctors were never able to find a cure for what? Their condition. Children have a very serious allergy to light. They are photosensitive and they must never be exposed to any light much stronger than this. Otherwise, in a matter of minutes, they will break out in sores and blisters and... and begin to suffocate. Sometimes the world of the dead gets mixed up with the world of the living. Right, so uh, first words of this one, people. Uh, when did you first see this? Vicky? I saw this with my mum at the cinema. <laughs> uh, both of these films I saw with my mum. I think they are both, as you said before, very mum films for some reason. So yeah, at the cinema with my mum. Didn't know the twist. Love the twist. <laughs> Again. Alex? Uh, yeah, I uh, saw this movie. Then I had some dinner and some fizzy pop. It was lovely. Um I don't remember exactly when I saw it. I saw it when I... Uh, I don't think I saw it in the cinema. I think I saw it uh, uh, as a home viewing experience and I did not guess the twist and I quite enjoyed the twist at the end. Yeah, I quite enjoyed the twist. I certainly didn't enjoy the twist as much as The Sixth Sense, uh, whether that's because this came out after The Sixth Sense and so I'd already opened that gland in my brain to sure. expect twisting. Yeah, I know. I don't know anything but gland. Um, but yeah, I was uh, not as surprised. Uh, well, I am, as I've said before on the show, frightened of children and old people. So this film really <laughs> messed me up. Although I thought that was a personal thing. It seems a lot of people share that fear in horror films. Um, what, yeah. What, what, I what, about, 
children. What about... Because the kid, I said this on Monday's episode, the kid in this is like a tiny old man. The, <laughs> like, his mannerisms and the way he behaves. No, I don't think that's right. It's like, it's, did he double scare you because he's an old man child? <laughs> I think so. Question. I think so. And and there's a woman, there's an old lady pretending to be a kid. There's a lot going on here to F me up. Um, but I saw this at the cinema. I loved it. I had no desire to ever watch it again. Um, I can't. <laughs> I can't remember at what point I figured out the twist, uh, but I think it was um, earlier than the Sixth Sense, which, as I said on Monday's episode, I did not figure out. And I'm gutted Vicky's picked it because now I can't pair the others with Beetlejuice, as it shares quite a lot of connective tissue with that film. Oh God, Vicky! Look what you've done. You've ruined one of Chris's upcoming choices that you had no knowledge of. How rude! <laughs> so but rude. now it's out in the open. We can collectively try and think of something to pair Beetlejuice with because I think it's a good clash film. Yeah, that's a great clash film. But now let's get on with this because now I'm thinking about what to pair Beetlejuice with. Let's Sorry. let's do the others. Sorry, right in tw- tweet us. Tell us at Clash Pod what we should pair. Beetlejuice with right uh, background to the others and there isn't a huge amount of background with this one it's not like it has a long uh, storied history it was uh, written and directed by a Spanish filmmaker called Alejandro Amenabar uh, who I was a fan of before this film actually he'd made two films previous to this and I'd seen both of them Um, they were two Spanish language films one was called Thesis and that was a horror film about snuff movies which is quite a taboo subject uh, and it doesn't often uh, get covered in horror films. So I was quite interested to see that and it's very good. Well, well, and then from 8mm, second... 8mm did a very, very good job of covering it with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten all about that film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is the right thing to do. <laughs> Thesis and 8mm, a clash pod coming soon. Um, and I, he also made Open Your Eyes, which is fantastic film, and that got remade as Vanilla Sky. Have you guys seen uh, that film? I've seen Vanilla Sky, sure. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God, so is that how Tom Cruise ended up producing this? I think so, yeah. I think yeah, the, the connection yeah. was there. And he was obviously, because Open Your Eyes had Penelope Cruz in, as did Vanilla Sky. And yeah. I mm. think Cruise was dating uh, Penelope Cruz at the time so there's a connection there and then obviously he was married to Nicole Kidman when this project came together so yeah produced by Tom Cruise it was shot in Spain and Kent it cost 17 million dollars and it became a huge word of mouth hit grossing 210 million dollars worldwide which mm. if you compare it to Sixth Sense doesn't sound like a lot but actually it's a hell of a lot for a film of this kind yeah, because it, it was only a $17 million budget as well. So in terms of profit, that was huge. Yeah, and it was complete, you know, it had a a kind of movie star in, in Nicole Kidman. She was just kind of breaking out on her own. I think it was around the time she did Moulin Rouge and this really put her on the map as a, a fully-fledged movie star. But, mm. you know, a period piece set in a Victorian manner is not the kind yeah. of film that makes $200 million. So this... No. And it was one of those films that stuck around at the top of the film charts for a long time. I think it opened at number four, and then about six weeks later, it, it had climbed to number yeah. two. Or as it's now called, doing a greatest showman. <laughs> exactly. Um, she, was a, she was always a movie star, though, Nicole. I mean, even though I know what you mean... Like you just have to like this is what put her on the map, but you just watch rewatch BMX Bandits and you go, there is a star in the making. That mm. kid stays in the picture. 
And Dead Calm, I guess, was where you first oh, yes. saw just how amazing she was. But she wasn't... Oh, car- Dead Calm. This- why, why, why don't we pair Dead Calm with Beetlejuice? <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Alex, stop thinking about it. I wish I'd not said it. All right, all right. Right, should we get to the film then? Hell yeah. yeah. So, is that it? I, mean, is that, I think that must be the shortest backstory on a movie we've ever done. But that is about it. I had a look as well. And you're right. That's it. There's not much to say. Yeah, it's I a know film something got... else. Go on. Oh, oh, this better be good oh, now. Oh. This better be bloody good. Oh, <laughs> oh no. And I'm terrified. <laughs> Isn't it true that it was so because of the director, it was a Spanish language script at first. And then Tom Cruise is like, we'll do it in English and I'll do it. And we'll make it a big, like, glitzy, ritzy production rather than a for- what would have been a foreign language film. Is that not true? What, so it wasn't set on Jersey? No, it wasn't. Ah. Oh. Okay, I mean, it's definitely worth looking into. So did Tom Cruise just, like, run the script through Google Translate? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's what he did. (laughs) I thought I read that, but uh, I know I feel really nervous. And I'm definitely... No, he certainly wrote it in Spanish and had it translated. Um, I just didn't (laughs) realise that it it would have been set on... uh... I thought it was, yeah. Interesting. Um, oh, now I'm worried. It's, oh. it's very similar to two of my favourite horror films, actually, of that period, which is The Devil's Backbone and The Orphanage. So if you like this kind of film, I would point you in the direction of those two as well, because they're absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a bit, it's very, it's like The Woman in Black a little bit as well, mm-hmm. which is what I kept thinking about every time I saw it, um, which, uh, you know, not to let the cat out of the bag, I wish I was watching The Woman in Black at certain points, but that was just me. Blooming egg. All right. Yeah, I came in strong. Then. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I came in too strong. It, this is a mistake I always make. Let, let me take that back. I've t- that was, I don't have to say anything to take it back. That's the end of that sentence. <laughs> I, I let me take that back. It's me taking it back. Okay. Uh, I started my intro with the words that they started this film with, which are watch with mother words. Did you notice that? I, that was surprising to me for a Spanish guy to write that. Watch with mother would start with, <laughs> now children, are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. That's true. Very I don't strange. know what watch with mother is. I don't know what that is. Uh, it was um, a show about breakdancing in the 80s on American <laughs> network TV. I have no idea either, but I'll be damned if Chris is going to take all the glory. So I was like, yeah, exactly. Watch with mother. Totes, Chris. Uh, Watch With Mother was where, <laughs> I mean, we're all a bit young for it. It's where Bill and Ben uh, appeared and Muffin the Mule, and it was children's TV before we were kids. Yes, I am too young for that. Yeah. Just to confirm. Quite famous. So it opens Weed. with... <laughs> Weed. Yeah, it opens with it. Nicole Kibben uh, screaming, and then we have her servants arriving, setting up our false villains right from the start. We've got oh, that bit. Where, the bit where she wakes up, though. Yeah, I, I wake I up that. like that every morning. That's great. That's me. That's me in the morning. Ah! Oh god! <laughs> it's a great scream, though. I was watching it with the dog on the sofa, and the dog lost its shit. It was like, "What the fuck is going on?" And I was like, "Shut up, man! It's Nicole Kidman." It didn't know Nicole Kidman's work, but it was great. And we have the servants then arriving, uh, Bertha, Tuttle and Lydia, who uh, the brilliant thing this does film is kind of sets them up as the baddies when really they're the goodies all along. And I think it kind of I think it kind of run walks that line a little bit in terms of like, I feel like you're being manipulated a little bit too much. 
we only see conversations between them that make them sound like villains. <laughs> but really, they're there to to you know they're there to help guide and support mm. um, our protagonists, Grace and her children. So Bertha mainly is the one who makes. She's like. Oh dear, Mr. Tuttle, we're going to have to sort this woman out. Yeah, she would if she was from Scotland, but she's not from Scotland. She's she's definitely Irish, Alex. She's called the actress is called Fanula Flanagan. Really Irish. <laughs> I was actually trying to do an Irish accent there. Uh, did it not come <laughs> off as Irish? <clears throat> no. Okay, and then I uh, I think we get an interesting scene here in terms of they lay out the geography of the house and then explain the rules of the film. So yeah, what did she say about the light? Or well, uh, no door can be opened unless another door is closed. Yes, um, which sort of what... makes sense, but doesn't. Whatever no, you do, doesn't. don't open. No, it the doesn't curtain. make sense. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, like, well, that bit makes sense. It's the locking of the doors. Yes, that exactly. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. It, it's fine. The close the doors. It, just, yeah. yeah. If the children were young enough that they would willfully put themselves in danger and open a door, then you can lock the doors. But they're old enough, you'd say to them, if you go into a room that's lit, you will die, so don't. And they would go, oh, okay, no problem. Yeah, and also it it takes, it adds, this film is quite a slow film. Uh, it's all build up and it's like, it, it, just to add in her looking for keys and jangling keys and twisting <laughs> keys and locks after everything else, she's just like, just shut the doors. Just shut, don't don't lock them. And also it's weird locking kids in rooms as well because there's a point where she locks her daughter in a room. It's like, why? Why are you locking her in the I don't understand. It seems annoying. Well, it's it is part annoying. Of the mental, I mean, so the kids are photosensitive, apparently. They're allergic to light. They supposedly break out in sores and blisters and suffocate if they're exposed to light. But this is, is this what Grace has made up in her head? So that she can keep the the truth from them that she doesn't know, but she does know in the back of her head somewhere. I thought that, um, and this is the third time I've seen this film, but I think actually they really were photosensitive because the way that Grace's madness is explained, she she might be talking to Christopher Eccleston at some point. She's like, I've lived in the dark for such a long time. So I think she really did. Like she was saying she coped with that, even though she was by herself because he'd gone off to war. Um, So, But then obviously once they're dead... They're not photosensitive, and their servants know that. Right. Yeah, it's it's quite annoying though. I I find it, I find it quite annoying where little things that would make it better, like are just sort of she just denies them. I find that frustrating sometimes. Like when Bertha, in Irish, goes <laughs> <laughs> with a, with an Irish accent, goes, "Oh, children get better." Um, and suggest that mm-hmm. Nicole should at least try and expose them to a little bit of light. Just, yeah. you know, maybe put a little finger in the sunlight and see what happens. And she just shuts it down. She's like, no, not try that because that will reveal that actually they're not allergic, which we're not doing at this point in the film. So, you know, read but the script, Bertha. Is that not consistent <laughs> with her character, though, in that she won't sort of do or say or act in any way if it doesn't come from the Bible, which we haven't mentioned, but she's very pious. She's... She basically believes uh, every word on the page of the Bible. And so she won't really listen or react to stuff that's happening around her or experience the world. It's just what's on those pages. Yeah, I like it best the way her daughter puts it over their first breakfast in the movie where she chews on the toast. She goes, I don't like this toast. 
I liked it better before. Mummy went mad. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I just, I love a kid that just does it. It, it. It's almost like she's like, I know you're doing the slow burn thing here, Alejandro. I know this is all meant to be atmosphere. I'm going to call it what it is. Mummy's gone mad. She's <laughs> fucking nuts. All right, I can see it. <laughs> In terms of those rules, though, um, they're not allowed to open the curtains. And we're also sort of another contrivance is that uh, there's no phone, there's no radio and there's no electricity because the buzzing gives Grace a migraine. And I felt like that was the scene that you get in every modern horror film where they can't get a signal in the forest or the camp counsellor takes away everyone's mobile phone at the start of summer camp. Perfect. You've just got to get it done. (laughs) Like, get it out of the way. I barely would yeah. have thought of it though, but yeah, they they do make a point of it. So we we understand that they're isolated within the house, and also sort of the other contrivance is that there is a fog that has enveloped the outside of the house, and they can't move beyond that fog. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it means that the kids are really pale, and pale children are always good in ghost stories because they both look deathly white because of their lack of sunlight and. I like that. I like that about them. I yeah, like and it's kind of children. another clue in that in the, they are the same colour as the photos we see later in the film in the Book of the Dead. Oh, I love is, that Book of the Dead. Which uh, Grace stumbles upon a little bit later in the film, but it's a book of, of photos that did really happen where people would take photos of their loved ones when they died as a way of yeah. trying to keep them alive. And, and, um, it's my, uh, my second favourite Book of the Dead after the Book of the Dead and the Evil Dead, but it's a good Book of the Dead. But <laughs> the uh, idea is that their the souls best. would go on living through the portraits. And I'm guessing those pictures that we see in the film are real uh, Victorian um, Oh, do you think so? Portraits. Oh, yeah, I think so. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so were, you, as... were either of you particularly pale as children? I was quite a pale child. I yeah, was like, it was really uh, pale. Yeah, really, no. really pale. <laughs> you swarthy were you a swarthy baby <laughs> i came out i came out hairy and brown <laughs> it was a really he had a huge beard and <laughs> um, i know i my my paleness was like self-inflicted i honestly spent a lot of my childhood with the curtains drawn watching sci-fi movies that i got from barker's video store uh in leeds and all the other kids would be like playing bikes on the street and i would literally stay in and watch movies and that's why i became very pale almost like like a bit like a morlock (laughs) were you were you lying there saying oh i'm prepping i'm prepping for 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 the for a podcast for greatness (laughs) (laughs) it might look like a waste of time mum but it isn't (laughs) i'm gonna watch beetlejuice today and then i'm gonna i don't know what i'm gonna watch after beetlejuice but it's gonna be similar it's gonna have something in common with beetlejuice it'll come to me in a few years time (laughs) (laughs) um so we've met the kids uh there's a lot of talk of limbo again this is much like the sixth sense this is a film that's kind of telling you what's happening over and over again but you can't necessarily see it because it's uh, cleverly written. But yeah, they're telling us where they are, what situation they're in, <laughs> um, why they are stuck in this house. But then we get the first um, proper fright in this film. Um, uh, Grace here is crying. It's neither of the kids. It, it's clear it was this boy, Victor. Uh, we're told that Victor doesn't live in this, uh, doesn't want to live in this house, but he has to. Uh, and then. Um, we're told the father's playing the piano and they're viewing the house. And then the scene in the bedroom, Victor is apparently hiding behind the curtain. 
Uh, did this scene give you guys the willies? The willies? Hmm. <laughs> you mean the scene where the kids are in bed and it's in the dark, not the scene where she's, it's like the reversal yeah. where, oh yeah. yeah sorry, where, where, where you're, it's not clear whether Anne, uh, the daughter is doing the voice of this it's ghost or whether there really yeah. is a ghost. It's terrifying. Yes. Nah, it didn't didn't do it for me. Didn't do it for me. I'll I'll, I'll just I'll very quickly I'll, just in case we skip over it. There's one really good scare in this movie, just the one, and it's the bit where she's searching the house and she goes into a room and the room is dark and there is a face, a white face <gasps> coming yeah. out of the darkness behind <laughs> her, and then she turns the lights on or lights the lights and. It's a painting, but yeah. it definitely wasn't a painting. That is absolutely terrifying. Uh, that is terrifying. Um, I feel like this scene, and this got a big reaction in the cinema I was in, I remember, when the hand reaches for Nicholas's face. Yeah. That was a proper scream went up in the cinema. And I think that's partly because it's a well-timed jump scare, but also because the kid who plays James ben- uh, Nicholas James Bentley really sells it as well. Uh, and by this point, you've already really feel for this kid. And so seeing yeah. him that terrified, I think, frightens, frightens me. He's brilliant. That kid is absolutely brilliant, James Bentley. Um, and uh, at this point, Grace tells her children to ask the Virgin for forgiveness, which is something I've had to do a few times. And then we have several scenes. So, shall we pick up on that? Sorry. Are you Catholic? I am. Or are you making a joke? <laughs> uh, both. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't realise. <laughs> oh, Catholicism, it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's, the, it's the double whammy there. I got, I, I got the joke. I mean, in inverted commas. <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad we're on the same page. So uh, from here on, there's lots of going around the house, setting stuff up, basically dropping clues. <laughs> um, Grace says, I'm beginning to feel totally cut off from the world. The fog doesn't help. Um Anne is getting annoyed that she's getting punished for telling the truth, the daughter, which is very similar to Cole in The Sixth Sense. That's another sort of connection yeah. between the two of them. Um, getting punished for being honest. We have um, Grace uh, loading a rifle, which I believe is Chekhov's rifle in that scene. <laughs> right. Here, of all the people who you wouldn't want to have a firearm, her disposition in this movie makes uh, granted i said there was one scare that's terrifying she is not a person who should have a rifle she's like she starts hysterical and just gets worse throughout mm. the film there's well, a the bit second time she's, she's holding like... the rifle she's training it on the servants who are just doing nothing oh, yeah. wrong and that's <laughs> that's yeah. properly frightening yeah. but i just i don't know she's just she's that she screams at them really early and she's like my children's lives are at stake and you're just like oh shut up man like you <laughs> like you've just feel like you've I, I felt like i've met people like that who are like like slap their kids like hands away from chocolate and go absolutely not why is this chocolate out tarquin tarquin reached for it he might have put it in his mouth you're like i didn't invite you to the barbecue you're a plus one get out <laughs> tarquin <laughs> <laughs> Who said you could come? <laughs> I just, you know, that's like, oh, it's just, she's a bit much. I, I like, she, like, her character, not Nicole Kidman, who's a brilliant actress, like, I, and I think she does the part well. I just found her character intensely irritating throughout this, which I always, 
I guess part of it, but like it's like very difficult. Like I had to sort of dig deep in like all my already like like dry well of sympathy to sort of go, oh, <laughs> poor, poor thing, I guess. But she's, uh, but so, she's but playing she's... it like that because she's overcompensating, which is what parents do. So she's she's killed her kids, which she's going to feel really bad about. So to a stranger, she's like, how dare you open the fucking curtains? Because she wants to prove that she's good. Yeah, and and the point is, she's so annoying and awful that the servants left in the night without even picking up their pay because they didn't want to be around her anymore. So she has to be uh, that awful, I think, for this for the film to work. Is that I I I assume that that servants thing was she thinks they just left and didn't even take their pay, but they they didn't. They just found her dead. And so she'd become a ghost and yeah, the I'm, servants weren't around. I've, you could be right. I've not, I thought that. And then I am thinking this, but you could be, I'm not sure about that. Um, no, don't be daft. Don't be daft. It, the servants have left because she's died. She's passed over. But as the audience member, you can't think that. So she has to be awful. So that servants disappearing in it's both. We're disappearing in the middle of the night because she's so dreadful. So it's no, both. but I also wonder the if, the, if, if the servants, if that's why she killed herself was because the servants left. She was left totally isolated. Her husband oh. had left her and then the servants <laughs> left. And that's why she killed her children and killed herself because she was just completely on her own and she went mad from that. Oh, oh wait, okay, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, so that, you wasn't, think... that wasn't a funny thing I just said, Alex. <laughs> no, 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 but I thought you meant I oh, know I'm laughing at what I thought you meant, which was that she'd killed her kids and been fine with it, and then the servants <laughs> left. Then she had to do the washing <laughs> up. She was like, fuck <laughs> this shit. I'm out of here. She killed, her, she killed herself after that. She's like, I can kill my kids, no problem, but do the washing up. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> but is this not what the film is about? I mean, I don't have children, but in many ways, I think of you two as my children. Absolutely, and, yeah. Absolutely. And is, is this film not about the fear of being a bad parent? Is that not something that she is that's going through her yeah. brain Vicky, as this film Vicky, progresses? Vicky, your your best place to answer this, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is, yeah, that, that, and also there's something in the fact that she, the time that she <laughs> occupies, a woman's place was fortified and solidified by a man, and a man has gone off to war, and not only has he gone off to war and had the fucking temerity to die, but because he, they were living in Jersey, he didn't really have to go. So they have that scene where she's like, you know, you didn't, it wasn't, it, that I wasn't enough for you, so you had to go and get yourself killed, you idiot. Um, and you could have just stayed here with me. And so she's lost her place in some ways because her husband has died and she's got to run the house and she's mm. got to cope with the children. And it's too much for a woman in her position to take on because she doesn't have the mental... Oh, no, I don't want to say she doesn't have the strength, but she just it's just too much. So um, you're just saying she's I'm lazy, like, basically. Effectively, I think that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, It wouldn't happen to me, for instance. Yeah. But when you watch this, did you did you sort of go? Did you not understand what was going on? You're like, this is just a normal day in a woman's life. Like, I why, thought what? if if I if I have to keep my kids in a dark room to make them compliant, I would do it in a heartbeat because compared to mine, those kids are absolutely they're a dream. 
Yeah. She's locked them. She's locked them in a dark room. So what? I just thought this was a horror movie. What's, what, what? <laughs> it's actually so, a parenting guide. Uh, uh, the, the the new servants though do start to trigger a bit of a change in Grace. She's nice to Anne for the first time. Her daughter. She starts crying. We see her crying because we realise that she's missing this husband, and she goes outside for the first time. And I feel like you didn't realise how claustrophobic this film felt until we get outside the house and you sort of can breathe a little bit and um this is when we start seeing tuttle uh, i remember this scene quite vividly at tuttle as played by eric sykes suddenly seeming very creepy the first time you watch it um she tells him to look for gravestones and then when she's gone we realize <laughs> he's that he's, he's hiding uh the gravestones with leaves it's brilliant yeah he's like oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> just covers them all up but like in my memory even though i only watched it last night it's like the an um like a off kilter camera angle like da-da, <laughs> there's the graves which i love i don't think it is like that but i like that uh and the, the fog won't get far but as you said this is the moment that charles appears her husband as played by our old friend christopher eccleston yeah. is this the third mm. this is the third eccleston film we've done isn't it shallow what grave it? shallow grave what 28 else? days later Oh, oh yeah. yeah, he's our most oh, clashed I, actor, yeah. I think. Maybe at this point. What about Tim oh, wow. Curry? Because he always gets mentioned, doesn't he? So yeah, well, not, not, yeah, not well, for his films. <laughs> no, no, obviously not for that. Because <laughs> that's an ongoing, that's an ongoing game that I'm playing on my own to mention him on every episode, <laughs> and he's just he's just been mentioned. So yeah. well done, us. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. what do you he, think of the scenes with our uh, Charles Eccleston as Charles? Uh, awful. <laughs> oh really? Like, just, just. Oh, I mean, I know he. I know it's all meant to be like, oh, what's going on with him? But I'd be just like, when when he leaves, I'd be like, thank God. He's thank a downer. God he's gotta get. He's so. It's like, yeah. Whenever you walk in a room and someone's lying in bed staring at a wall, you're just like, oh, I don't want to be in this room. Why did I come in here? <laughs> Do you think he's overreacting to having just found out that his wife has killed his children and killed himself? No, I think yeah, he was he, killed in the war takes... and he's disoriented and he's gone to limbo, presumably because of the horrible things he did in the war. And then he's been wandering around trying to find his way home and that's it. Um, and then he finds out what Grace did and then that's enough for him. When he says, I'm going to the front, I think he means heaven. Oh, does he mean the front of the queue? Maybe there's a queue system no, to get into heaven. The, no, the front. Does head. he get Ask into Chris, heaven? He's the fucking Catholic. Y- yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the rules. I'm not religious. I don't know. How do you go to heaven? I don't know what yeah, you have Chris, to do. Chris, is there a is it a ticketed system, like in Beetlejuice? <laughs> it's 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 <laughs> it's more like Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Um, Daddy. Station, <laughs> uh, because he he makes it clear to his son that he has killed people. Um, it's clear that Daddy's not oh. well. Anyway, this scene is just mm. I, I, it's sort of I th- I found it really I found it quite gripping. This scene trying to figure out the story. It's exactly what you said, Vicky, but it takes a while to reveal itself. What's really going on with him? Yeah. No, it doesn't. The minute he turns up, you're like ghost, like <laughs> like. You, you, well, okay, maybe because I'd watched it a second time and I knew she was a ghost. I was like, well, he's definitely a ghost. And, uh, you know, yeah, but it is. It's exactly what Vicky said. He turns up, then goes, God, it was better in limbo. See ya. 
And it, I guess it is a bit frustrating as well because that sequence, everyone's kind of talking in riddles as well. We hear it cuts to Bertha and she says stuff like sooner or later she'll see them, then everything will be different. And mm. you just kind of, it, part of my brain wants her just to, what, what do you mean? Tell me what you mean. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean by that? <laughs> do you mean Keith Allen upstairs? Oh, right. <laughs> I will say this, James Bentley, it's another cracking moment for him when the daughter immediately grabs Christopher Eccleston and hugs him when he's sitting at the end of the bed and he takes a moment because he can't quite believe it or he won't let himself believe that his dad is back and then only after a second does he sort of go, oh, my God, and that, that's beautiful. It's Mm. sad, that relationship between brother and sister because the the daughter obviously can remember. It's coming back to her. She knows what's happened. She's telling us what's happened and the boy can't remember. And it's heartbreaking, really, watch him come to that realisation as the film goes on. And it's heartbreaking knowing that she knows, like, what horrible situation she's in. And and actually, the next scene I wanted to talk about is uh, the big one for her, where she's put in her communion dress. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, she wears her veil. And it's super sad to begin with because... Her what? Communion dress. A communion dress. You know, what's the like... When you are becoming a bride of Christ, see, not Catholic, uh-huh. do, I do know this, um, you have to... Oh, not, like a but, bride of Dracula. It's like exactly like a bride of Dracula, but it's just a bride of Christ. So what Catholics do is I think they make the, the girls dress up as brides. Chris, tell me where I've got this completely right. And then you get married to Jesus. Is that right? Oh, God, I don't know. And that's your <laughs> to that shit. Um, yeah. And then you get married to Jesus and then you are officially first level Catholic, I think is what it is. Alex, what did you oh, think was happening oh. in this scene? Did you think she was putting on a wedding dress? She was getting married. <laughs> you remember oh. the scene where she's got a white dress on? Hey, listen, at this point, it's been established Nicole Kidman's mad. She is mad. So dressing her child up as a little mini bride... I just put it down to, you know, mummy's gone mad. Oh, okay. So she's dressing me as a bride. The, the fact I it figured. does look like a wedding dress, though, I think I think it, it adds a, a sadness to this scene because it kind of made me, it brought home to me that scene that she'll never grow up. She'll never get to be a bride. She'll never, you know, and that's the be all and end all, obviously. Um, but it's just, <laughs> it, it just sort of underlined uh, yeah, the exactly. fact she's stuck at this age forever in this house, which was sort of... Like Hayley Joel Osmer in The Sixth Sense. He'll never grow up. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And in this scene, um, she is locked in that room. She's singing. She pretends to be a ghost. She sits on the floor. She plays with a puppet. And then we get the scene where she transforms into the old lady, which is the now, second the big scare in the this film. Scene, this scene is the one that I really, really remembered. And um, in the cinema, when I watched it, people like went ape shit, like screamed their eye, like head off. But Mark had never seen it. So yesterday when we were watching it, I was like, here it comes. Here's the city. This is going to scare the fucking living shit out of you. And then it happens. It was like, oh, it was so disappointing. I built it up. In my head, she lifted the veil and there was the scary lady face underneath it. And it was like sharp teeth and it was really scary. And in real life, it's really tame compared to what my false memory of it is. And yeah, it does. It did yep. get a big reaction in the cinema. Again, I remember yeah. there were two or three scenes that really frightened people, and uh, the reason this became a word of mouth hit, as well as that, as the twist is 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 that. Um, but isn't 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 that the 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 fact that you are saying before a scene happens, this is the scene where the old woman is under the veil, means mm. that you're already setting the scene up for a fall because you didn't know that was going to happen the first time round. So it like it it's 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 the fact that. The minute it, it just doesn't stand up a second time, yeah, because it's not, you know, it's not even a jump scare in the classic sense. It's like you know the, yeah, the woman right. who walks past the door where Haley Joel Osment is in the toilet in uh, the Sixth Sense. That's a jump scare, and it's not so such a it's not such a slow burn thing that you you remember it. It just happens. You're like, there's oh shit, I forgot that bit, and you've already scared yourself. This is a real like. Here comes the old woman. Oh, oh, it's the old woman. Oh, yeah, it's an old woman. But, you know, films aren't designed to be watched a second time always. And it's very effective the first time you watch it in this scene. So I haven't got a problem yeah, with that. Um, and so moving on, we find out she's taking some tablets, which I feel like is designed to throw us off the scent a little bit and is all a bit pointless. Um. We get more scenes where they're telling us what the film's actually about. Uh, Anne says she won't stop until she kills us. Um, Anne a bit later says she went mad um, like she did that day in describing this scene. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's just, you know, it's hiding in plain sight again. Um, 
And then we st- we're moving into the uh, finale. Bertha and Tuttle have reached the end of their tether. They uncover the gravestones so that the truth will be out. And then um, we get sort of 20 minute, I would say, climax that's re- revelation after revelation that's, I think, really effective. Um, it starts with this um, double reveal. Um, which is done through a really great piece of cross-cutting with the kids searching for their dad and finding the gravestones of Bertha, Tuttle and Lydia uh, at the same time as Grace finds the photo of them, them the, the fact that they died 50 years previous. Uh, that all happens at the same time we see the servants sort of coming over the hill towards the children, walking sort of slowly like zombies and they're shot at, but the, shon- the, 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 sh- the gunshots don't get them. We find out that they died because of um, tuberculosis. And we get Grace hugging her children, showing them love for the first time. And then it, we get to the business of trying to understand. Uh, so, so that's the first full sending, I guess, in that they were setting up the fact that the servants were ghosts all along. And that could be your ending, but obviously there's a double twist coming. So uh, at what point did you figure this one out, Alex? Um, I can't remember, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think it wasn't until um, we see uh, Keith Allen and Caitlin Stark having a seance at that point. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got a second. Um, and even then, I was probably still a bit confused going... Ooh, so the ghosts having a seance can't see the living people? It was... <laughs> I think it was only like towards the end of that scene um, that I realized, hang on. I think it's where, oh, I think it's where the um, old woman doing the seance goes, this is how she killed them. And I was like, ah, ha, ha. Yeah, so, when, so when you were told, told they were dead, that's when you realized they were dead. When Nicole Kidman no. shouts, we're not dead. Uh, don't that- rush. Don't rush to assumptions, <laughs> though, Vicky. That's my motto. At that point, I was like, another breadcrumb. Oh, <laughs> what could that mean? What could this mean? So she, kill- <laughs> she killed her children and killed herself. So where or do we she? go from here? <laughs> but if, if this film does anything fun, I guess the fun thing is seeing these situations from every ghost story, but told from the other point of view. And so the seance we see from the ghost point of view and that's when we realised that the people that we're led to believe were ghosts were actually living people who were looking around the house and looking to buy it and move in. I so they had moved in. I yeah, thought it they was were their living house. there. Were they living that's there? one of the best Sorry, bits yeah. where Caitlin Stark's like, we have to leave this house, Keith Allen. It's awful and haunted. He's like, we're absolutely not leaving this house. And she says, I insist. And he goes, okay, we'll leave in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Doesn't he say something like, Victor, Victor's not liking it here. Like, it's because of the kid, because he goes, we are not leaving. And she goes, Victor banged his knee on a potato. We are. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I didn't know about the potato bang. Fine, yeah, we'll leave. First thing in the morning, we're out it's, of here. It's Victor I feel sorry for in all this, because how frightening would those children be? Nicholas and Anne, if you're yeah. seeing them in the going bump in the night, like, especially Nicholas. <laughs> we love him and he's sweet. But Victor doesn't know that. And that, I mean, yeah. I would quite like to see, you know, the, the events from Victor's point of view. <laughs> yeah. uh, and yeah, so like, we've got to... You mean to... like you could always watch The Sixth Sense? <laughs> we've got to the point <laughs> where Grace is ready to accept the terrible thing she's done. So she sits on the floor with her children. Um, 
and tells them that she couldn't understand why she was holding the pillow and they wouldn't move. And it's a really heartbreaking scene. She And then she said that after she heard them playing with the pillows in the bedroom and thought she was getting a second chance to be strong and to be a good mother. But no, she's stuck in limbo with the children she has just murdered. So Yeah, and now everyone knows that, though. Imagine the atmosphere in that house from here on in. It is going to be awful like every day the daughter's going to be like oh can't wait for my first day of school oh wait i don't get one because you killed me ah oh, can't wait to go on my first day oh hang on a sec what am i forgetting that's right i'm dead and stuck as a child forever thanks mom <laughs> yeah it's, it's like a, every day it's a proper horror show and i i guess the idea is that they're not they're no longer lying to each other they all know the truth and so they'll be able to um continue on Be with a better off. as a better family unit but and 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 the the ending is sort of set up as a as a triumph almost it ends they're saying this house is our house this this house is ours it's this victory for the spirit world where the for sale sign is up and they'll more people show up but we'll probably end up leaving but it doesn't really feel like it does it because we're in the sixth sense he ascends to heaven here you know our heroes are trapped with each other in the house. But I didn't read yeah. it. I didn't read yeah, it yeah, like yeah. that at all. At, at I read least it as got servants. Well, exactly. They, I read it as the servants. They they're not the villains that you think, but they're not as good as you think. They're so obsessed with the house that they want to have someone to serve in the house, right? So then Grace and her kids turn up because they're in limbo because they were murdered. But they could pass. They could follow Christopher Eccleston out the door once they realise they're dead and are at peace with each other and walk out of the front door. But the servants, Mrs. Mills does a brilliant job of saying to Nicole Kidman, like, everything's going to be fine now and, and people will come and sometimes we'll know and sometimes we won't, but they'll always leave in the end. So this house is ours now. And is saying to Grace, you've got an opportunity to be like a normal, happy family. I'll look after you. You look after the kids and we'll do it again. But it's their choice not to, it's Nicole Kidman's choice not to leave. Wow. That is interesting. Yeah. See, I, I thought the servants would move on to somewhere else to help another set of ghosts in another house and that's kind of what they did but yeah. no, you think that they no, they're are obsessed. There to... they're obsessed with the house yeah, yeah. because they, they make a massive mm. point early on about going how well they know the house they can't leave the house because yeah. it's and like... they want it to be full and to have people to serve and then uh... no one ever turns up in limbo because other inha- well maybe they're the next inhabitants after they died of TB or whatever but here are some ghosts here are some people that have put themselves in limbo or Nicole Kim has put her kids in limbo. And so now they've got the chance to be like the house was. It's true. I mean, the the interesting thing is there is no real explanation as to why these kids and Nicole Kim are stuck in limbo. Like what is the end game for them? If Christopher Eccleston can leave and go to the front, uh, which is the the front of the queue for heaven, heaven, uh, um, then, then why can't they? Do they not get the tickets that he's got or whatever? This is the thing, because if it's a, God, like an early bird ticket system, Mm. or is it highest bidder? I don't know. You have to become part of the fan group, like to be on the sort of pre-order tickets list for heaven. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I I like those servants, and now I don't like them based on what you guys have told me. Yeah, I think they're not villains. They are villains, and then they kind of are somewhere in the middle. Um, Mm. But they've still got bad intentions. That's right. Others, well. others will come, but we'll see. If we'll be here. They'll go again. <laughs> <Bertha>. <laughs> Just doing Bertha. Thought I nailed it. 
<laughs> Nailed it that time. Just took a little bit of warming up, but got there in the end. Excellent. <laughs> oh, Nicole, stay in the house with me. Yeah. Any more oh, for any more on this one? No. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I, I'm absolutely amazed that uh, we've done uh, nearly 50 minutes on that. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. The one thing I did like, which I noticed this time, was in that opening scene when the servants arrive, Tuttle's saying something under his breath, and it's, I imagine he's dead like all the rest. So that is really letting... I, he's, I realise he's talking about the husband, Charles, yeah. there. So that is really laying it on thick in terms of telling us... Uh, yeah, amazing. What the I imagine he's dead, is. like Nicole Kidman is dead. Yes, brilliant, but brilliant. Isn't he? Well, oh, isn't it? Well, yeah, but again, like everything, it's got a double meaning because he's to- he's talking about him being a soldier in the war, and he's talking about all the other soldiers. Exactly. Yeah, babe, we know, we know, right. we know, we know. Oh, oh, again. I know we know. I'm saying it for other people. <laughs> all right. Okay. Sorry. All right. This is getting too tense. Let's move on to the bits. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, Vicky, what is your favourite scene? <laughs> I don't think Alex is going to like this because it is a bit <laughs> stupid given the amount of times that, given how important doors are in this film. But when you get the scene where she, Nicole Kimmer can hear the piano playing, the forbidden piano that's never to be played, and she goes to the room and then the door keeps opening and closing, and she's like, oh, that's a bit weird. And she opens and closes it herself a few times, and then it really closes, and she jumps, she falls on her ass and jumps back. I was so scared. <laughs> My heart froze. I thought I was having a heart attack. It was really scary. Um, <laughs> My best scene is when a door closes quite hard. Do you think this film had more scary scenes, Vicky, than Sixth Sense? I do, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do as well. Uh, Alex, favourite scene? Um, uh, it's, it's not that door scene, unsurprisingly. <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I did actually write down... Uh, the door scene, uh, uh, as I can't believe it's taken 50 minutes for something to happen, and that something is a door slamming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best scene is a face in the dark that turns out to be the painting. Uh, I think that's good. I'm going for the scene at the end where Grace tells her children what happened. Uh, it's just a tour de force from Nicole Kidman, and the fact that we're feeling sympathy for this woman who's suffocated her own children uh is impressive piece of acting from her so i'm going for that scene uh mvw alex james bentley the kid the little boy the old man boy i think he's great um honestly i think he's so good went on to have a a career as a a good theater actor um but yeah he's good in this very good so yeah that little kid like the kid makes the picture for me. Uh-huh. Uh, Vicky. Uh, Mrs. Mills, Bertha, Fionula Flanagan, um, just the right side of well-intentioned and creepy. And um, she's doing a lot, but keeping the attitude of a servant, which is obviously servile and not to give a, not to give her madam back chat. But she does a lot with like, yes, mom, no, mom have a cup of tea mom whatever a lot is said and i think that's a really good piece of acting she's one of those actors i i do you have this where there's an actor that you keep you keep seeing in things and you look up because she's so good and then you forget and then you love to look her up again i think i must have looked her up about 10 times and not remembered who she is but she's been that good in different projects but maybe in supporting roles 
Maybe that's yeah. Just me. I think yeah. She's no, one no, of those. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. She's really good. Uh, I've got to give it to my boy Sykesy, Eric Sykes. Um, <laughs> genuinely, that was one of the selling points for me seeing this film. I think he's a brilliant. I love him. He's so funny, and the fact that he was in a horror film really piqued my interest. And uh, seeing him in it, I thought he was very effective. He hasn't got a lot to do, but two or three scenes really sent a chill up my spine. Um, and it, I, I love it when they, do, you know, when directors take a comedy actor and put them in a serious project or a horror project. And I think it worked really effectively here. Although, obviously, we should maybe give Nicole Kidman a bit of credit for this one as well. <laughs> uh, and in terms of anything you would change, what would you change, Vicky? Oh, my God, I've got such a good one. Are you ready? So one of the servants, Lydia, she has been uh, she's been mute. And we find out that was since she died. Uh, but Mrs. Mills won't quite tell Grace the truth. She said, oh, you know, after TB came, I think that's when she stopped speaking. She just woke up and she stopped speaking. But because of the way she's introduced and because Grace doesn't quite believe at first that Lydia can't speak. So she's like, has the cat got your tongue? What's the matter with her? That from that point on, I'm waiting for her to say something. So make Lydia scream something very important at the right moment. Mm. You can take your pick. Um, what about when they're walking across the grass towards the kids like zombies and Lydia could go, boom! <laughs> <laughs> and then they could run. You know, you know what I'm saying. Like play with, play around with it. Um, have a think. But she should definitely open her mouth and scream. That is a hundred percent good idea. Thanks, Alex. Uh, beat that. <laughs> I don't. I I really can't because I I didn't really like this movie as much as I think you guys did. So my oh, really, you can't tell. Really, you can't just... tell. No, not at all. No, not. At all. Oh, thank God! I was saving it for the verdict. This has been um, really difficult because <laughs> um, I just found the whole thing where her denial of everything just I feel like I've seen. I felt like I'd seen a lot of this before in other films. Um. No, no, and I think I like walking into a room where all the furniture's covered in sheets. I'm like, yes, seen that. A ghost that plays the piano, footsteps upstairs, um, like, and then Nicole Kidman just sort of going, "No, it's nothing. No, there's no ghost. It's just the children being silly." And you're like, "Oh, get on with it." Um, so yeah, uh, my change is, "Oh, get on with it," which is what I felt for large portions of the others. Uh, for me, uh, when Keith Allen, it becomes clear that his kid's in danger and they've got to leave. I don't know if I'd say we leave in the morning. <laughs> that just made me go, what the fuck? Get out of there right now, if that's what you're thinking. You see, that's funny because I thought in the morning is too here. So I'd be like, look, we've just bought this house. Can we give it to the weekend at least? <laughs> like, Victor appears to be fine. I'm, there's no way I'm leaving now because who can be asked? But even the morning, it's a bit of a stretch. And that's why I would survive a dangerous situation like this, Vicky, and you would be dead. <laughs> yeah. I would. I'd be. I'm. I'm too lazy. I really am. You'd be joining. You'd be joining Nicole. <laughs> right. That's that's the, that's all there is for the others then. Lovely. Shall we do the verdict? Do it. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Uh, all right. Who would you like to start? Victoria. These were your picks. Oh, uh, well... <laughs> I think, I think you've got I to get Alex where first. You're... It's got to be Alex yeah, first. Let's, um, yeah, because it's so... The I sixth don't sense. know what you're going to say. The sixth sense, yeah. Bye. The sixth sense. Hands down winner. Um, 
I did walk into this thinking both movies uh, would be not as fun to rewatch. I was wrong. Uh, the Sixth Sense is great to rewatch. Um, so it is absolutely my winner. Uh, that said, I think you could put a, a lot of movies up against the others and they would win because I don't want to watch <laughs> a two-hour movie. you hated it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch a two-hour movie, which large portions of that are people locking and unlocking doors. <laughs> Right, uh, Chris. All right, I'm gonna. How how do I approach this? So, um, I really like a slow burning horror, and that's what the others is, and that's why I said, I guess, at the start of this, I didn't really want to watch it again because I didn't think it would be as effective the second time round, and it isn't. But that's not no terrible thing, you know. Um, I don't think we judge films on being able to repeat watch, and the the first time I watched it, I did really enjoy it i think the difference between the films is you've got a very passive protagonist in the others aside from keeping the house dark she has no real drive the character of grace all she's trying <laughs> to do is protect her children by keeping the status quo she wants, curtains. <laughs> she wants nothing to change and so therefore that the whole film is more focused on atmosphere than plot whereas the sixth sense you've got the atmosphere but you've also got missions that malcolm and cole are set on you know in fact you get two films for the price of one you've got a kid dealing with goals ghosts and solving mysteries and you've got a man coming to terms with the fact that he's dead and both those stories can work independent of each other and help keep the twist hidden as well um which is why i think you know i, I got the others before the ending whereas the sixth sense i didn't because these other stories were keeping me interested and, and i do think with the sixth sense if you remove that twist it still works whereas the others doesn't so while The Others is a cracking ghost story, I think The Sixth Sense is a seminal work and one of the greatest horror movies ever made. So for that reason, it's got to be Sixth Sense. That analysis was excellent. I, I really like both these films and I really like The Others. And that's because I love an old-fashioned ghost story and I like the fact that, and obviously a proper old-fashioned ghost story is a Victorian ghost story, but by having it in Jersey at the end of the occupation, you still get to have all the Victorian things, but without falling back on the crutch of having a Victorian horror set horror film. But so I didn't know what I was going to choose and entirely down to your searing analysis, I will also choose The Sixth Sense. Okay. Ah. Good work. The right film won. Yeah. And and deservedly so. Like this is one of yeah. those blockbusters that deserve to make all that money. Um Yeah. It's just fantastic. Lovely stuff. So, of the Sixth Sense and the others, I mean, I'm happy with the results. The Sixth Sense is the winner on this week's clash of the titles. Let's look to the future and next week's show. Oh, can I, can I just jump so, in with uh, an oh, email? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, of course you can, I yeah. just wanted to thank Martin. Martin, the chap who compared Vicky to Dennis Rodman. I want to thank you for that anyway, again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely comparison. Uh, he emailed again <laughs> with a suggestion for a future show. And I'm not going to say what they are because I think it's such a good suggestion that we're definitely going to do that as a show. So... Uh, Thank you, Martin, and that will happen soon, and I'll let you know when. Uh, I want to say thanks, Martin, but other than the information that you've sent an email, there wasn't really a whole lot in that because we found out the Dennis Rodman news last week. So do you want to just tell us what it is, or are we doing it soon? Because I'd be quite interested to know. Well, you can read the email. Don't you, do you not read our emails, Alex? Yes. <laughs> uh, the films are In a Space and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yay! Oh. That's a brilliant idea. 
That's great. And if my choices weren't based on an anniversary and can't be moved, I tell you what, Martin, I might just throw them out with the baby and the bath, but the, the bath baby and do yours instead because those are great. Uh, but I'm not going to change mine because on the 7th of June, a certain movie turns 35 years old. Yeah, get ready to age as fast as the Nazi at the end of The Last Crusade. The Goonies is 35 on the 7th of June. So, to celebrate that fact, one of the movies on next week's shows is The Goonies. (gasps) I am giving that film to you, Victoria. Hey! (laughs) Which means... Oh, a tough one. What film am I going to put against... That's brilliance that is the Goonies. Is there anything that stands a chance? Turns out there is. Chris, got a doozy for you. We have a real battle on our hands next week because from 1987, it's a film I love. You are doing The Monster Squad. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, Oh, that is a good pairing, Alex. Versus the Monster Squad. It's a slice of fried gold. Um, Yeah, that is what we're doing. Do your homework. Enjoy watching those two wonderful movies, which will be declared the winner. We'll find out next week. In the meantime, please do rate and review us and subscribe to us, if you haven't already, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And stay in touch on Twitter at ClashPod or email us. We all read the emails. At, which is show at clashpod.com back on Monday. Bye bye. This was a Stakhanov production.